Welcome back to This Week in Video Games, and this is the News Roundup, giving you all the latest video game news you need to know in just about 10 minutes. So if you find this useful, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, and also your favourite podcast apps. Links down below in the description or the show notes. Well, it's the 16th of January 2022, so let's get into the news. Well, first up in the news today, take two to buy Zynga for a staggering $12.7 billion. And this one comes from Tom Phillips out of Eurogamer. So take two, owner of Borderlands publisher 2K and Grand Theft Auto maker Rockstar, has announced it's going to be purchasing mobile games giant Zynga for around $12.7 billion, making it the most expensive video game acquisition of all time. So best known for its ever-popular Farmville, Words with Friends and CSR racing franchises, Zynga will now become part of the Take-Two empire, though it's going to continue to make games under its own brand name. Zynga's other big success stories, including Harry Potter, Puzzles and Spells, Merged Dragons, and also Zynga Poker. Well, with Zynga tucked inside its trousers, Take-Two said it would become one of the world's largest publicly traded interactive entertainment companies in the world, and Take-Two's plan to leverage Zynga's development skills to create mobile games based around existing IP. So as well as Borderlands and GTA, Take-Two also oversees NBA 2K, Red Dead Redemption, Bioshock, and also Mafia. Well, at the same time, Take-Two said it was also keen to use Zynga's knowledge of mobile gaming to drive free-to-play synchronous cross-platform ambitions in products from its existing internal studios. So combining Zynga's expertise in mobile a next-generation platform with Take-Two's best-in-class capabilities and intellectual property will enable us to further advance our mission to connect the world through games while achieving significant growth and synergies together, Zynga boss Frank Gibbo said. So as developer Simon Roth pointed out, the deal will also include all the natural motion animation technology previously used to great effect in Rockstar games like GTA 4 and also Red Dead Redemption. Finally, if it needed to be said, good lord, $12.7 billion is an eye-opening amount of money. So, for comparison, Activision paid $5.9 billion for Candy Crush Company King in 2015, whilst Microsoft splashed out $7.5 billion for Bethesda-owned Zenimax Software and all its studios in 2020. The only deal that comes close to today's is Chinese Megacorp's Tencent $10.2 billion purchase of Clash of Clan and Clash Royale maker Supercell, back in 2016. Well, Take-Two most recently hit the headlines for slapping Joseph Farris. It takes two with a trademark claim, meaning the acclaimed puzzle game about a pair of divorcing parents had to give up the rights to its own title. Well, next up in the news today, God of War hits a concurrent peak of almost 60,000 players on Steam in just 24 hours. And this one comes from Vicky Blake out of Eurogamer. So in just 24 hours, Sony Santa Monica's God of War reboot has topped over 50,000 concurrent players on Steam. And according to SteamDB, the concurrent player count continues to climb since the game was released yesterday at the time of writing. So the record stands at 57,764 simultaneous players. Not bad for an entirely single-player experience. In fact, in the 20 minutes since I started writing the article, the concurrent peak has increased four, wait, no, five times. So as Matt summarised for us yesterday... God of War is the third first-party PlayStation game to launch on PC so far. So we've got Horizon Zero Dawn and Days Gone, they arrived last year, and also the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection is still to come. And the good news is that Sony Santa Monica has done a cracking job of managing the transition to PC, 
with Digital Foundry calling the port simply sensational in its recent analysis. However, God of War's creative director Corey Barlog recently said he had no idea if the arrival of God of War on PC might mean its upcoming sequel, Ragnarok, would make the jump from PlayStation in a more timely fashion. You know, right now we're taking it one game at a time, kind of looking at each one and determining, okay, is this the best thing, he explained, and we'll gauge how it does. You know, do people enjoy it? Did we do it right? Is there anything that we did wrong? You know, what can we do better in the future if we do this again? But at the end of the day, ultimately, it's Sony's decision. So in other news, Valve also hit a new all-concurrent user peak record on Steam, topping 28 million users last weekend. It's the latest in a long line of record-breaking stats for Valve, which first saw the number of concurrent users climb at the start of the pandemic in 2020. And the all-time peak now sits at 28,230,853 concurrent players. Well, that is certainly a lot of players. Well, talking about Valve, next up we've got some more news. So Valve says Steam Deck is still on track for a February release, and this one comes from Matt Wales out of Eurogamer. So following a delay at the end of 2021, Valve has confirmed its highly anticipated portable gaming PC Steam Deck is on track to meet its revised February 2022 launch date. So when Steam Deck reservations first opened in July last year, Valve anticipated its hardware to begin shipping before the end of the year, but unfortunately disruptions in production caused by a lack of available parts crushed those pre-Christmas dreams, and Valve adjusted its planning, telling customers it expected the first Steam Deck units to release in February this year. And now, in a new update on its blog, Valve has confirmed those revised plans are still in play, with Steam Deck due to start winging its way to customers based on reservation order from the end of February. So the global pandemic supply issues and shipping issues also notwithstanding. Additionally, the company notes it's been sending developer kits out in quantity so that game creators can adequately ready their titles for Steam Deck's release, securing themselves a verified tick on the machine-focused version of Steam. So as Valve explained back in October, it's been working on the new Steam Deck compatibility rating system for the store, putting every game on the platform in one of four categories, based on input, seamlessness, display and system support, so owners can see exactly what will and what won't run on the machine at a glance. So in its latest update, Valve notes that reviewing Steam titles continues and that compatibility categories, verified, playable, unsupported and unknown, will soon be visible to store users. And Valve says it'll have more updates on Steam Deck very, very soon. Well, next up in the news today, Final Fantasy XIV services are coming back soon and this one comes from John Carson out of Game Informer. So last month, due to the overwhelming queue times to access Final Fantasy XIV servers, Digital game sales and certain services were suspended until things calmed down. Well, now Square Enix is preparing to allow fresh accounts to be created in a couple of weeks. So according to a developer blog post, January the 25th will be the date that digital sales of Final Fantasy XIV will be resumed, and the move coincides with the already planned opening of a new Oceana data center, bringing five new worlds into existence and hopefully alleviating congestions on other worlds. This also means the suspended Homeworld Transfer service will also be brought back on January the 25th, letting players bring their character to these new servers or elsewhere barring any limitations imposed on the still overpopulated worlds. The often meme-free trial for Final Fantasy XIV will continue to be frozen for the time being. Also on the docket is the data center travel system, which expands players' ability to visit other worlds, to play with friends or quest. You know, currently a similar functionality is present in the game, but it only allows you to visit worlds that share a data center with your character's homeworld. 
However, with the new data center travel system, you'll be able to travel to servers housed within a different data center. There are some restrictions, however, as listed on the blog post. So they are as follows. So players will be able to visit worlds in other logical data centers within the same physical data center, and players will not be able to visit worlds in other regions or physical data centers. Though cross-region travel is technically possible, implementation is still under consideration. And travel is not initiated while logged into the game, but from the character selection screen. Final Fantasy XIV producer Naoki Yoshida said in the post, There are just about no restrictions, you know, being undertaking quests, forming parties, or using Duty Finder, you better play the game as usual. Now, some communication services won't be available when travelling to another data centre, so arrange for another means of chatting with your free company or your homeworld friends if necessary. Other data centres around the globe have also got updates planned in the coming months and years, letting even more people play at the same time. You can also read about those expansions in the latest Final Fantasy XIV blog post. Well, that is it for all the video game news today, and thank you so much for watching or listening. And for more video game news content like this, like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Or you can check me out on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. This week in video games is also a Patreon, and you can find out more on patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games, where you can sign up for awards for early access to the podcast, get your name in the credits of videos, as well as exclusive content, special Discord roles, and also community features too. We'll check out the links down below in the description or the show notes for more information. Well, thanks again, and I'll see you soon.